Look outside. You see what that is? That's fall. It's coming. Summer is not over yet. They've already started playing football. It is a OU bye week here on the flagship station for OU. But guys, can you smell it? Right around the corner. It's NBA basketball and the Oklahoma City Thunder season beginning. Why wouldn't we have a Thunder Insider show? John Hamm, Brady Trantham, Madison Morris. John, media day officially announced September 30th, next Monday. A week from Monday. Woo! Training camp to begin the day after. After and they go and take all their pictures and talk to all of us with a smile on their face. <laughs> and talk about training camp. This is the year that literally there's going to be training. Like, this is a basketball. This is how you bounce <laughs> it on an NBA court. A lot of you guys haven't done this on a regular basis. Chris, this is Danilo. <laughs> Danilo, this is Chris. We're going to have all kind of like, you're right, name badges, yeah. right? And yeah. you are... <laughs> oh, you're our starting, uh, you're our starting power forward. And gotcha. that's when, yeah. So, Danilo, where are you renting? <laughs> well, Chris, I'm renting in this neighborhood. Where are you renting? Well, Danilo. It's going to uh, be like the first day of college when you have to like stand up and state a fun fact about yourself. Like, <laughs> hi, my name is Madison. I'm originally from here. And one fun fact about me is mm-hmm. it's so awkward, but that's exactly what's going to have to happen. Hi, my name is Terrence Ferguson. Uh, I'm sorry, I, what was it? I'm Ter- Terrence, Terrence? Ferguson. I've been here in Oklahoma City for a couple of years. I've never been in a dunk contest. <laughs> Go figure. I know. Hi, I'm Hamadou Diallo. I have <laughs> I, I, been. I've been in one. <laughs> Brady, whenever we talk about training camp, uh, a lot of new faces, new places. Uh, give us a couple of the guys that are coming to Oklahoma City this year that Oklahoma City fans should be excited about. Yeah, um, I guess it's the one that we've not talked about at all on the show, and that's probably Shea Gilgis Alexander. Pronounce Shea, it's not Shy Gilgis Alexander. S H A I. S H A I. It's Shy. It's. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> but if He's I sh- ever fall in love, so. that's right. <laughs> He's a shy guy. Obviously, you weren't a uh, '90s R&B fan, so that's fine. <laughs> no, I was a child in the '90s, though. <laughs> so was he. Oh yes. Um, no, I mean everybody is obviously excited for Shea Gilgis Alexander, and that goes well beyond Thunder fans. I mean NBA fans have been excited for him ever since he came out of Kentucky. He had a really, really solid rookie season. Um, a rookie season that gave a lot of people a lot of excitement for his potential growth moving forward and even even on a team like the clippers um which if you just imagine if if there was a a scenario where the clippers were able to keep him with paul george and uh Kawhi leonard that is a scary good team for the next five to six years they weren't able to now the thunder get to reap those benefits of shea gilgis alexander and he's the face of the franchise he's going to be the face of the uh, city for the next few years and um I, i don't think it's that much of a hot take to say that he's a potential all-star pretty soon but brady he's canadian so how yeah. american can i know you be when you're canadian I, I know and he called me sir a few weeks ago when we met him Yikes. and so that was the real polite canadian in him and i was just like huh? dude you don't have to call me sir yeah, i'm I, only like six seven years older than you i've seen footage of like the ncaa tournament in the 80s michael jordan same way yes sir <laughs> i agree sir now everyone calls him sir so it all you know just enjoy it brady and i want to kind of take something you say madison i want you to react off of this whenever he says that she gilders alexander is going to be the fa- well you said the face of the organization right. i don't think he's the face just yet i think that you have the right idea that's what the thunder might be thinking future yep. but right now isn't the face of the organization steven adams and even chris paul oh uh no uh, honestly, because not Chris Paul, because 
Like, he, he's going to have to earn that for sure. And so, I mean, as well as Shay would have to. But the thing is, is that Steven Adams, yeah, it's... You never really see the face of an organization <clears throat> being a guy who does a lot of the dirty work down low. Like, he just... That's not exactly... The, I don't know. People don't really associate guys like Steven Adams to be a guy that is like the face of an organization because, yeah, he has been here since 2013. He has been loyal to Oklahoma City. He has been a fan favorite, but he's not exactly like a ball handler. And so that's just like that's not really a guy that people look at and say, oh, like that's who I think of when I think of the Oklahoma City Thunder. And, like, that's exactly what Russell Westbrook was. That's even what Paul George was for the two seasons he was here. No, if we're going to build the anatomy of the Oklahoma City Thunder and say that Shea is the face, Stephen Ams can be the heart. Who's the crotch? <laughs> It'd be Draymond Green. This is getting way out of hand. <laughs> we're I'm building just, anatomy. Danilo Gallinari, is the, Danilo Gallinari is the cartilage. He is the ACL of the Thunder. No, he's the, the appendix. Oh, the appendix. You can, now. Remove, you can remove it. And it really doesn't have anything to do with anything. Most appendixes are worth a future first-round pick. <laughs> so. Which, uh, speaking of, John, a few days ago, how uh, blown how blown up did your mentions get when Chris Paul decided to Instagram story a picture of a the black deuce. screen with the deuces oh yeah uh, it, it, john what does it mean yeah i mean it's it's so funny because we talk about this like if you're anyone of note on social media uh just the smallest emoji will trigger people into thinking multiple things are going on um you know some people obviously connected oh obviously he's been traded <laughs> no um, you know, most likely this was in response to some comments by uh the houston rockets uh, governor is is that what we're going to call him now? That the the guy who owns the, the most shares in the team, the guy that's been oh, on TV you. for okay. like the, the last governor. week, yeah. You like called uh, him the governor? I yes, like that. Yeah. the governor. Uh, so when he came out and you know he said some stuff about you know basically slandering Chris Paul, um, you know, he did, okay, that was the he did, I, I know what you're talking about now and, and what you're ta- uh, inferring to. Uh, he didn't slander Chris Paul per se. But he did. <laughs> all, did. all he did was say that they used to be a very good transition team. And then when you had certain makeup, mm-hmm. he didn't say Chris Paul. He said mm-hmm. when you have certain players and you play at a slower pace, which I think Houston the last two seasons were, uh, if not the slowest paced team. But and Chris Paul, totally the did, reason for that. He exactly. said he didn't say Chris Paul, certain players. I mean, they got rid of him on Shumpert. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think of guys. He didn't nail Chris Paul per se. Who, now, now continue with the other <laughs> statements that were made about uh, being a mentor versus a teammate and... I will once again. I said Iman Shempert. So I mean, but I, this is uh, this was obviously a uh, man. I what do you call it? A two year fling that they had that obviously broke bad. Yeah. So uh, I mean, d- didn't we all say this when it ha- when it first started with yeah. Chris Paul? Didn't we all sit here and say, I don't think this is going to work? Went, now they went to the Western Conference Finals and uh, was and uh, were ahead by twenty points in Game Seven. Okay, what happened? <laughs> just, but to say it didn't work is a falsehood. They were. Up, it didn't work. They, they traded him 20, for Russell Westbrook, the guy that Daryl Morey hated on for the last three years. Everybody. They hated traded on him. that guy half for Russell sh- Westbrook. Half of the show hated on him. Come on. Yeah. Especially yeah, John. <laughs> Especially <laughs> Jerry. Especially. <laughs> there was a lot of concern about how that fit was going to work, and and again, it did have uh, it, it did have degrees of success. It did, yes. Um, but I we weren't really concerned about 
I don't we, a little bit concerned about on the court stuff, but we were really concerned about how are they going to mesh as teammates, as human beings, and that's the part that didn't last for him. And, and one of the things that I talked about on this show was like he's an injury concern, and that happened. So like you take on that risk, and it happens. Sorry, it bit you, it bit you in the rear end. That's what happens. Yeah. Oh, look at you on the Saturday morning. Bit you in the rear end. Can I say the a word? No, you can't now. <laughs> wow. He already the said bit you. <laughs> nice. But okay, but you're right. The chemistry between Westbrook and Harden right now is a lot better and that is so evident with the kickboxing video <laughs> i believe there's audio to oh, it. oh yeah kobe daniels was like hating on russell's form he was like what, you, what are these punches wait i have not <laughs> seen this video but i'm gonna go find it okay and i'll give you the audio uh, okay. it's just basically you hit it no <laughs> you hit it no, no you do it you hit it that's cute okay you, I, you I, iso no you iso <laughs> literally that video is going to be what the houston offense is going to yeah. be all season long <laughs> is you take it no you take no, it no it's yours bro no you can take it and in a little bit of thunder news i mean let's okay so uh big daddy big thick stack daddy fat stacks whatever what? raymond felton Oh. officially is not going to be a thunders did you see where he's <laughs> do you know where he's going to go to camp that is so sad uh yeah. the rockets he's gonna go to the rockets how dare them use that oklahoma city flavor to try to get that go what possibly else could they do to use oklahoma city for Didn't, does there somebody else that they got a hold of uh tabo oh come on just wait oh, no, no. no 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 just wait it's coming hashim to beat gonna be on the bench yeah. the blonde spot James Harden in game one is going to walk right by Tabo on the bench and go, see how it feels? <laughs> that sucks, doesn't it? Now, you assume that Harden's going to start now that Tabo's no, on the team. No, I don't really. Sixth man of the year, yeah, James Harden. and Scott Brooks is going to get canned midway through this season from the Wizards. He's going to be an assistant with the Rockets. It's, it's going to be beautiful. Recapture the magic, Daryl. Do it. So is it, uh, I, I'm, I'm terrible at math, uh, and even worse at names, but uh, Thabo, right? Yes. Uh, with, with, Thabo. Uh, with Thabo and uh, Russell and James Harden, they are officially 25% 2012 Thunder. Is that, um, if you go 12 minutes, all, all we need, all we need is Dirk Nowitzki to come back, come out of retirement <laughs> and then defeat this team in the Western Conference Finals. 12, yep. man, 12 man active roster. Three of the guys are 2012 Thunders. That's 25%. And if the Rockets need someone to guard a big man, Derek Fisher, still available. So... On bad matchups. <laughs> Sadly, I think Nick Call- Nick Collison is technically employed by the Thunder, right? Technically? Think- oh, sure. He has a desk job. Quite technically. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Nick? Oh, he's out today. <laughs> 1077, the franchise. 1079 in Tulsa, the franchise Thunder Insider Show. Right in the middle of football season. That's okay. Cook your wieners. It's fine. Uh, you can still enjoy your big day of Oklahoma State and Texas. Uh, we will get uh, Madison Morris's thoughts on that, who she's officially like a blanket, like a quilted blanket from grandma covering the OSU Cowboys. Yeah. We'll get some thoughts from good. her. <laughs> Plus, Brady and Madison spend a little time on a book bus. We'll talk about that when we get back. What the hell is this basketball doing on my radio? Guess what? It's the Thunder Insider Show. In the middle of football season, bye week for the Oklahoma Sooners. They take on Texas Tech. And the Bowmanless Red Raiders next week. <laughs> it's a shame. Bowman, Bowmanless. Did Madison just giggle at funny. a player injury? No, 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 no. Okay. Bowmanless. 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 Do you no, want him no, in no bow bowman. in Bowman or Bowmanless? <laughs> I just okay. Let's ask <laughs> him. Sounds right. All right. It's uh, Duffy. The Duffy experience. 
But to tell you how this uh, show has expanded, uh, much like uh, glutinous pho does in your stomach after you eat it, uh, we have got plenty of uh, football coverage. Brady Trantham now runs the very successful OU podcast. What's the name of the podcast? Inside OU. Yeah, That's, it is. Uh, John Hoover, Rufus Alexander, and myself. Yep. Uh, and you guys are uh, kicking names and taking ass on that one. Exactly. We're doing that exact <laughs> thing. Um, we do about two or three shows a week. Um, obviously, no pregame show today. Um, but rest assured, once Lincoln Riley has his press conference on Monday, typically John and Rufus and I meet together in person uh, following the press conference and talk about the game coming, the game that just happened, just other stuff. And it's always fun to talk with Rufus and talk about just like old uh, memories of him playing, how it applies to like this defense and these linebackers. It's always a good conversation. Is it fun to talk about OU beating these teams that, that are now a combined one and nine on the season? You know what? Um, I'll, I'll just warn you, John, don't even say that because then, man, you just trigger everybody. You trigger so many OU fans. You trigger so many people um, pretending they're, that they're not fans. Well, okay. I mean, they've got a point. I mean, mighty UCLA did go down now, in flames. Uh, now, the Sooner fan of me will just say this. OU played trash last year, and those teams racked up the yardage against that defense yes, last year. So they did exactly what they were supposed to do. Yes, they did. And tonight, the OSU, and I want to get into something, the OSU Cowpokes. No. Right, Okie State. The, no. Okay. <laughs> I do not like that. Or Oak State. Oak State. I will take don't, Oak don't State. Say, don't say Okie State like Kirk Herbstreit did. Oh my gosh, I was livid at that. That's not okay. Burn yeah. them down. The Pokes. Take, okay, that's and well, okay. can I not call them Pokes? Can I call them Pokes? Yes, I call them Pokes. Okay, so Pokes. Yes. Okay, but... A Oak, Poke Bowl? But, okay, those are really good. Mm. Um, <laughs> but Okie State is off the table? No, we're not. Yes, we're not going to say Okie State. Oh, because I didn't. I do not the like the national it. guy that called the Oregon State game. Yes, did. he did, and I was just like, "Are you serious, bro?" Because I understand that bro. with <laughs> even went bro on it. I did. I broed him. <laughs> I I like. I understand it was Oregon State, like OSU. No, it's a national broadcast. Don't understand. Also anything. with Oklahoma State, Orange and Black, o- OSU. Like I get it. You have to kind of be creative with the names when things interfere like that. But Okie State, come on, man! Like that does not sound good. And like. Like oh, no, just don't. Was do that. was it Oki State versus Orgy State? <laughs> no, uh, no, what? he never no. went there. That's the state of mind. Uh, <laughs> but but Madison yes. tonight they take on the Longhorns, the Fighting Sam Ellingers. Yes, of Texas. Uh, they have no shot in this. Their defense is horrible. Uh, Texas showed what a tough team they were fighting off uh, the great LSU Tigers. Uh, OSU is a what a five point underdog in this. Five, I got seven actually from my man. Thank you very much. A seven point underdog where I got mine. Uh, but I mean, what, what, what's the deal here? I mean, is is uh, Colonel Sanders the real deal? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, this is going to be like a huge test for Oklahoma State, especially their defense right now because. Uh, Sam Ellinger has been throwing the ball a lot more this season than he has in the past season, and that's been a big thing for him right now, and that's something that Mike Gundy even brought to light when he was speaking on it at his uh, Monday press conference, was that that's just going to be a big thing for this defense to uh, really key in on and really zone like zone in because they have had the luxury of just being able to like stop a lot of the rushing game for opposing teams because a lot of teams like Oregon State, McNeese, and Tulsa that's something they really focused on, and then they would occasionally throw it. But, like, apparently, I haven't watched a lot of Texas this season, but apparently that's a big thing for Sam Ellinger right now is that he's really throwing the ball, he's being a lot more efficient, and he's getting down the he's getting down the uh, field a lot more. So 
that's that's going to be a big thing for them tonight. So defense is really going to have to step up. Um, I've been most impressed Oklahoma State wise. I've been most impressed with their offensive line, and it, it's been yes, just like OU, their competition hasn't been the best either, but. Um, against the opponents that they've had to play, their offensive line has done exactly what they were supposed to do. And, you know, somebody that knows a lot, a lot more about offensive line play than I do, uh, our very own Sam Mays, he's enamored with this offensive line. And when you combine that with the fact that Chuba Hubbard's probably the best running back in the conference in, on an individual standpoint, Tylen Wallace, everybody knows uh, the Blitnikoff uh, candidate that he is. I mean, yes, there is so much talent on that offense just from that, those standpoints alone that they're going to give Oklahoma State a chance in a venue that they've had a lot of success in in recent years but my big if OSU wins it's because Spencer Sanders is the real deal I'm still the jury's out on him for me just from a accuracy standpoint his throwing motion is a little on the slow side and that worries me against uh, an aggressive Texas defense but this is the same Texas defense also known as DBU that was shredded by uh, insert LSU quarterback's name here quote unquote DBU so uh, um, I like OSU's chance Texas isn't back hold on now could you do me a favor John what time is it it is 10 uh, 21 in the morning. And I believe Texas still sucks. Um, <laughs> they are so back, John, that they are like, they've like receded back into the shadows. They're like Man. back like my hairline. Yeah. That's I don't how know. I, <laughs> I just heard they were back. And <laughs> Last so, year? Yeah. Ellinger said and it the himself. year before, the year before that, and I think the year. You've got to you've got to over enunciate it like Joe Tessitore. <laughs> Texas is back, folks. Uh, okay, but Texas being good in the Big Twelve, John, and I will ask you this as the lay fan here, or however yeah. you want to say it. Uh, <laughs> Texas being back in the Big Twelve is kind of a big damn deal, though, especially when you look at the garbage that uh, the Pac twelve is putting up. And aside from Clemson, it looks like the garbage the ACC is putting it up. This has a chance to actually put. The Big 12 in the conversation with the Big 10 and SEC. No, I mean, Texas, there's a huge responsibility for them to actually like pull their weight, uh, being, you know, one of the big heavies in the conference. And that's, I think, where people uh, are able to lampoon them a lot more easily because they have fallen short. They have been disappointing. They have, you know, fallen behind the likes of Iowa State. No, no offense to Iowa State, but that is not, you know, one of the premier programs in the conference or the country. So, um, yeah, that's what's disappointing. The conference is at its best when OU, OSU, Texas, and another one are top 25, you know, and, and some of those among the best in the country. And it's just, you know, it is hard to get there. But however, like you said, other conferences struggling with that too. 1077, the franchise 1079 in Tulsa. It's the Franchise Thunder Insider Show. That's right. We just talked football. Suck it. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> now baseball talk. Yeah. The Cardinals uh, take two from the Cardinals. Okay, never mind. I'm going to take a break. on my television right now if y'all want to talk about soccer. So Ryan Sandberg. <laughs> okay, no. That's where it stops. Uh, John, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder used to have Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. What? Uh, they used to be championship contenders. Back in the day. Uh, but even whenever they were that, they just didn't rest on that. They got out in the community and did a lot of really, really good stuff. Uh, I think here going forward the next couple of years, as they replenish, as they reface, whatever, re, again, I know I can't use the rebuild word. Refurbish. Okay, refurbish is good. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be very important for those guys uh, to continue to push their community efforts. Uh, they've been doing uh, quite a, a hell of a job over the summer. Yeah, and that's the thing that I've talked about is even when you know there were superstars on this team, like world-known athletes, like <coughs> they still went to uh, Target 
and did the Christmas shopping. They still went. I mean, Carmelo Anthony pushed a basket around a homeland, right? <laughs> That's right. Okay, Dang. I mean, like, as, as part of the Thunder's, I uh, rode behind him at the zoo on a golf yeah. cart, and I was I, that was months into the season, and I was still like, I can't believe I'm right behind Carmelo Anthony at the Oklahoma City Zoo, right? Although, <laughs> at the homeland, whenever he put the ice cream in, you see him like pump twice. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute! Oh, Wait a minute! Oh, 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 there it is. You're Shot clock violation. Oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, yeah. Um, and and then he complained about the store afterwards when he left. So, but yeah, it's a uh, man. You can't put ice cream in aisle six. <laughs> if someone would have just told me that's where the ice cream yes, went, <laughs> it's not dry. It's not a dry food. Yeah. But it, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I, I think we were talking about the Thunder community yes, effort, the Thunder okay. Community. but no, it's, Yo, uh, key, I gotta work in prophylactics. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so uh, no, there's been uh, there's been great stories about even you know like some of the lesser known players, you know, like how they have chipped in behind the scenes above and beyond. Uh, there's stories about how like oh hey we got a community event and multiple players would volunteer for the most mundane thing. So I, I do think it is important now. I will say this. Yes, it is contractually obligated among NBA players sure. to do this community work. Okay, but I mean, it's a good thing, and, and there is a lot of giving back. And again, Brady and Madison have uh, they've been out to a couple of events have happened so mm-hmm. far, right? Yeah, we were uh, we were at uh, Thelma Parks Elementary School um, Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City yesterday. Um, the Thunder had their little uh, rolling Thunder bus where they have like all their little uh, elementary books. school books in there. Kids go inside and some players like hand them books and everything, some other goody Thunder swag stuff. And, you know, like to be honest, every time I go into these things and I know it's not going to be a high end level player that they, that kids would probably recognize like a Steven Adams or a Russell Westbrook or a Paul George. I always get a little nervous because I don't want the kids to be like, who are you? And it's just awkward for everybody. But that really hasn't happened. Like these kids really enjoy it. And just like you said, John, yes, like they're contractually obligated. And it sometimes to these players, it might feel like, okay, this is a job. And, you know, there are times in, in all of our lives where we have to do things for work and we may not want to at that particular time. But um, even though I have some of those thoughts going into uh, a situation like this, um, and I'm not trying to sound corny at all. It is really cool to see all those kids like their faces light up because, mm-hmm. sure. yeah, they may not know who Hamadou Diallo is, but he's six foot six and hard to miss, and he's wearing a Thunder shirt, and exactly. it's really cool to them. So that's that's really what the important thing to take away from all this stuff it's, is. It's a Thunder player, and, mm-hmm. and I know my daughter years ago came to me and said, "Yeah, Thunder player came and read to me one day," and I think it actually turned out to be Steve Novak. But as far as my kid was concerned, <laughs> right, it was a Thunder, thunder player. Hopefully, it was Steve Novak and not just some guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah, no kidding. He yeah. acted a lot like you, though, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> he had a lot of the same tendencies. No, I, yeah. like, when I um, when I used to, my dad was in the Air Force, and so when we we lived overseas at the time, and Heinz Ward, the receiver from the Pittsburgh Steelers, he came and did a USO tour to uh, the base that we lived at in Turkey, and. Um, you know, I wasn't a Steelers fan, but he was a wide receiver for the in in the NFL, and so I met him, and that was like really cool. And I played Madden with him, Madden um, 03 with him later that day, and you know, 12, 13 year old Brady, that was awesome. Even though I wasn't a Steelers fan, it was still a really cool experience. So I can only imagine what it's like for these kids just to go to boring school, yeah. and then all of a sudden here are like really tall humans really that play basketball guys. for the Thunder. Yeah. And they bring books, and that's exactly what they did yesterday. They brought, a, I like kind of what Brady was saying, they brought a lot of like memorabilia, I guess you could say, and then they even framed a jersey that had 
what did it say like Thelma Parks? It, on the yeah, back? it just said Parks on the back. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. which that, I haven't seen them do that, so that was kind of yeah, cool. That yeah, that was really cool, just celebrating uh, the history of their school and just everything that went into that. But these kids yesterday, they were just they were. I, oh my gosh they were so excited and it was awesome because obviously justin Patton was there too and i didn't even know who justin Patton was yet because i walked up to the bus and he's sitting in like the driver's seat of the bus and i look over <laughs> at Brady and i'm like i'm sorry i don't i don't recognize his face yet like who is that and he's like oh that's Ju- Ju- justin Patton. i was like oh that's okay. the justin Patton. yeah but, okay so he's obviously got a part-time job as a bus driver <laughs> that's nice times are like, tough jerry his contract's not fully guaranteed <laughs> so you know he just has like a backup plan but i mean they, overall it's just I think a lot of him, though, he's uh, what, is he number 13? Yes, he yes, is. Yes, he's number yeah. 13. So mm-hmm. obviously, big plan for him. Dion Waiters is never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> well, one quick story, and, and I won't get into the names, because this was years ago, and the player's well out of the league now. But, you know, one of the, the, the Sunbeam family shopping sprees I do at Target, um, this player was with a kid. They're shopping through the store, and he's talking to the kid, and he's talking about how, yeah, I don't have any furniture. Like literally had no bedroom furniture, sleeping on the floor, and like this player went out and got you know close to ten thousand dollars worth of stuff from Mathis Brothers, I think, and had it shipped to this you know to, to this house because so. they're only what five hundred bucks or something is like a limit with right. the family or something like that. You've told me a couple of these stories where yeah. these players hear the kids talk and whatever, and on their own, and like like you didn't want to mention his name, he didn't want his name mentioned. Sure, they exactly. Just went on their own and do stuff like that above and beyond, and right? That's, that, that's stuff that doesn't get publicized that. Honestly, it, it needs to be. It needs to be, but I can also understand like wanting to be anonymous about that, right? We we, we sure. hear about that whenever uh, you know there's you know someone makes a big donation towards something that's like, no, I don't want the attention. I just want to make sure this gets mm-hmm. you know to the right place. And that's good. And that's uh, we all make fun of it. And you know, Mike Steely talks about the Thunder Book Bus attitude and all that stuff. And it's easy to poke fun at genuine uh, you know generosity, but the truth of the matter is, it's getting done. And damn it, you know, God love him for doing it. Yeah, that. like Russell, Russell Westbrook can do something like that. Absolutely hate it, but smile. Mm-hmm. And if the kids are just like, oh my, oh my God, Russell Westbrook smiled at me and like handed me a book. Who cares? Who cares if Russell doesn't want to do it? And those are the real people they, they want to be in, uh, you know, in contact with. They don't want to be you know, in contact with us, the media. Our snarky asses. They don't want us. Yeah, we suck. <laughs> they do. They want the, they want the people that really you know out there and that are Thunder fans. that can one hundred percent be Thunder fans. So, one zero seven seven the franchise. One zero seven nine in Tulsa. The owners of the NBA are mad. Governors. Uh, that's right. Oh my God, that's right. The governors of the Jamel NBA. Jamel Hill's going to come and get you now. Are super super mad at Adam Silver. They had conversations. We'll talk about some of the stuff that came out of that. You're listening to the Franchise Thunder Insider Show on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. We'll get into listen. Listen to that drum beat there. What guy could possibly put together that rhythm? Right? I think your arms are in the wrong spot when you're air drumming. Really? Is that how high up your drums are? Yeah. Well, I'm a short guy. That's a regular. It's like the dude from Disturb. I will go double double bass drum though. Okay. Like slip. I don't think there's a lot of double bass kick drums in Stevie Wonder. Are we talking about Trey Cool? Is no. that who we're talking no, about? Who is that? The drummer for Green Day. Oh, yeah. No, who no. are they? Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, Green Day. Do yeah. you have the time? <laughs> uh, if you were lucky enough to be out at the Collective last week, 
you could have seen a bearded Sam Presti getting down to uh, Superstitious by Stevie Wonder. It's fairly well documented that he's a drunk. That, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, Very yeah. Oh, and then it. It's terrible audio. That's why we played just the. The drumming stuff. was so perfect that it couldn't be recorded by modern <laughs> microphones. Honestly, I wish radio had like some type of visual aspect to it right now because he is just getting after it on these colored drums that are changing colors. Okay, they're changing colors. They're, yeah. yes, okay. they're changing uh, colors. But okay, first of all, in true Thunder fashion, uh, Sam Presti shows you he's playing drums, but then we can't hear it. <laughs> so <laughs> he's not giving us the entire story, just showing us a little bit, right? The Thunder couldn't get shooters. This band apparently couldn't get a backing vocalist. <laughs> not everybody's perfect. And uh, was it me? Or was it? I mean, was he really four four in there? Was he, re- was he really in the pocket? Eh. Yeah, they- I, I was most proud that he wasn't biting his lower lip. <laughs> Were they singing superstitious or future draft picks? Very future draft picks. Very optimistic. <laughs> That was his whole thing. They cut it off before he got in there. We got all these draft picks. <laughs> Patience is a virtue. <laughs> Everybody. Not trading for I Devin Booker. Well, I wonder if there was somebody in the crowd that just went, you know, went out to the collective that night and they just happened to wear like a James Harden jersey just to be ironic. It's like, yeah, I remember this. And then like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yes, he just goes up to and puts like a dollar in the tip jar. <laughs> and then we, you know, Sam Presti is a man of mystery. We don't know that much about him. But how do we not know? Like I said, after the video goes off last night, another drummer takes over and he has like one of those microphones. Like, hi, I'm Sam Presti, <laughs> and he's like a motivational speaker for like the next thirty minutes. <laughs> so. And I live in a van down by the river. <laughs> so that was that was kind of cool though. Um, that was not perf- like I don't think that was a plant. Like I, I don't think Presty had any intention of that ever getting out. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, look, when you're a public figure like that, you're going to get noticed by someone when you go out and do something like that. I think it's cool uh, to to get out and and enjoy some of those things like that. It's a lot cooler when he does it compared to like James Dolan and his silly little <laughs> band. <laughs> that is far better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Masson, what's the name of the person who tweeted this out? Uh, Haley Jones. We need to like keep an eye on Haley Jones because like just like just like you said, do it. Like Sam Presti's like, I didn't want this out. Like we hopefully Haley Jones is uh, still around in the next few days. Or this could be like the same kind of person that was following around Giannis and Tenacupo to try to get that MVP for him. Oh, Jer. Everything I was like, oh look, there's someone with a flat tire. You're tired. Oh, there's a kid with a broken heart. (laughs) Jerry's tired conspiracies. There's a kid who needs a jacket. (laughs) Hey, kid, let me get you out of here. Jerry, you know, you know, Jerry, you know damn well if you actually had to pull over to the side of the road and help somebody, you would be selfie videoing that entire situation <laughs> yeah like look at me like changing this tire for this old sweet old lady wait so, i had to google how to change a tire yeah. well i'm the one that stuck the nail in the damn tire <laughs> it wasn't gonna do it itself <laughs> just, I just stalking her the whole like way down the road Jeez. Uh, do it for the gram all right so the governors of the nba john have I can't believe I have to say that the guys who own the teams that are governors, <laughs> the teams, uh, they're upset. They're they upset are. with all the damn tampering. 
Uh, what? <laughs> which, is, which is funny. It's just, man, I can't believe I can't get away with this tampering. <laughs> and, uh, and and some of this, some of the pay structure and some of the stuff in the salary cap. Uh, obviously, I didn't read this because it was more than two paragraphs. Uh, you looked into it. Uh, what what exactly are the? God, I can't believe I keep saying this. What are the governors looking for? Uh, you know. I think all that really came out of this, Brady, this is what I took out of it, was we're going to beef up the fines. Yeah. We're going to make you sign some more paperwork. You're going to have another TPS report that you got to fill out <laughs> you know, to certify that you were all on the up and up on this. But really, it's about an increased fine, which again... Um, what the max fine is now what ten million dollars? Yeah. Okay. If Golden State in twenty twenty one has to pay an extra ten million to get Giannis and Tintacumpo, worth it. Yeah. Worth it. That's the problem. Well, you not, can't fix that. It's not off the salary cap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's just something that the the I almost said the Thunder. It's something the NBA just really cannot police. But I mean, I don't think there's a problem with acknowledging that it is a problem and that it kind of goes against the good spirited nature of competition. And while there are a lot of, like, especially younger generational fans that are, you know, less inclined to root for a team or a city, they're more inclined to root for a player. And so it's it's easier to transition from rooting for Paul George on the Thunder to now rooting for Paul George on the Clippers. Like, I get that, but there's still a sizable portion of the NBA of basketball fans that are very loyal to their city and very loyal to where they're from and their team. And so when their teams get kind of finagled outside of you know what the rules can police it you kind of get left with this why do i even root for why do i even watch this sport i don't feel that way i'm sure a lot of people don't feel that way but there are some people so that's something the nba has to address and like i agree with you john it's just something else that they can publicly say that we are trying to do something right. about it but again there's really nothing they can do and if they really want i mean the way you're going to hurt these teams is to take away their cap space I mean, that yeah. is how you're going to – that's how you're going to start to – Or basketball reasons, some of these free agency signings, like, no. Take away, <laughs> yeah, and, and again, like I, I read about this, that's a bit of a hornet's nest, okay, because like, um, you know, if Kimball Walker, if mid-July they, they struck down his contract, well, now he has nowhere to go because all the cap space is used. But, I mean, again, if like there, if there's evidence of it, then they're going to have to – I mean, that's the only thing I know to do is take away some of their team-building tools. Yeah. That will actually – like give give people a second thought before they go and and start doing this uh you know uh, behind the scenes. I find it ironic because I feel like sports fans in general don't like Roger Goodell, right? They don't like the way Roger Goodell sure. polices the NFL. But it seems like it seems like the um like the NBA fans, they basically want Adam Silver to have that type of power too to police the league in ways that they feel like this is unfair. So do something about Adam Silver. So it's like they want Adam Silver to have all this power. What are they going to hate him at after that point? Then yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> interesting. No, it's absolutely, and, and to be honest with you, uh, professional sports are trending towards the NBA model more so than ever. Uh, look at the NFL in the last couple of weeks, and you just see like the Miami Dolphins. Like the Miami Dolphins see. Come that, on now. The Miami Dolphins yeah. see that their team. Uh, I'm not going to say they're tanking. But man, it does not look good. <laughs> no. And so they're trying to jump off it like rats on a on, you know off a ship, and it's starting to take on that NFL model. Look what happened to Antonio Brown, right? Contract my ass Be- before the Patriots thing. <laughs> I mean, before all of the lawsuits yes. that. No, but you, you're right. I mean, it was basically forcing his way out of what two spots he didn't want to be in. Yeah, yeah. So and Jalen Ramsey's trying to do the same thing. It's just you know it's all over professional sports now. And I'll be honest, there's no remedy. There's haves and have-nots. 
There is. And what your job is as an Oklahoma City Thunder, as a New Orleans Pelican or a Charlotte Hornet, is to make sure that you make whatever you can around your organization as have as you can without being by a beach or in a major media market. San Antonio did a hell of a job for years. You can even see sort of the stuff that they had. Kawhi Leonard is a big spot on, you know, on their, on their sheets. So look at what's happening with them. But I mean, it's, it's up to you as a smaller market to make it as nice as you can around there. And, uh, I think, honestly, it has everything to do with who you have on your roster and who wants to stay there rather than what you build around. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's difficult. And, and I've used this analogy before. As some people know, like I, I work for a nonprofit here in Oklahoma City. That's, that's my day job. Um, if I were being competitively recruited as a, okay, Jerry, I work on the internet. Okay, just, you know, I, I know you have difficulty sort of grasping. That, that thing that I have young people show me how to get around? Right, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, that's, that's just sort of what I do. <laughs> Look, if I was being competitively recruited, there is another a nonprofit research institute in San Diego, Salk. It is literally like 20 feet from the beach. If I'm being competitively recruited, love you, Oklahoma, <laughs> I am going to take my lunch breaks on the beach. That's You're such just, a snake. <laughs> it is. I'm a cupcake. <laughs> so, but anyway, it's like, you know, that is that is sort of human nature. If, if you're a superstar of that kind of proportion, you're typically you're going to one coast or the other. Right. And in the meantime, what the NBA is trying to do is like, look, go do your time in Indiana. Go do your time in Memphis or Oklahoma City. Community look, service. Like, yeah. <laughs> see, I, I've always had a problem with the uh, the average Joe comparisons to millionaire athletes. No, I mean, it, it's it, there's a huge disconnect. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. And it's mainly just because, like, yes, every job is competitive in some way. There's inherent competition in the workplace, no question. But basket sports, they don't exist without competition. And so when you remove the spirit of competition because you want to go play with your AAU boys in sunny, you know, Los Angeles and just kind of forsake the, the team in middle America that is actually pretty darn good, like, that's when it, that's when, like, as a fan, like that's when you can kind of lose hope that it works for you because you just think if if I have a good owner if I have good ownership a good front office good developing players like at some point something is going to happen good is going to come from this and it constantly gets removed because people just say eh I don't I don't want to play here anymore um, somebody slid into my DMs last night and I I'm gonna force a trade like that's when it kind of gets a little topsy-turvy for me because I mean obviously I'm from Oklahoma and I cover a small market team but um, I, I guess for Thunder fans it can always be worse so just try and be like Jerry you were kind of talking about like yeah Oklahoma City is what it is everybody has like the pros of like the um, uh, living like playing for a coastal team but you if you're a Thunder fan you can add to the pros to playing for the Thunder yes the Thunder aren't going to be very good for the next few seasons but go pack the arena and be loud that's that's something that players appreciate. All right, Madison, I need some abstract thinking from you real quick. Oh, uh, it's I know you're middle America and you're Ada, Oklahoma, and thank God you got out of there. Uh, but <laughs> imagine uh, if you were a coastal girl. Imagine uh-huh. if you were, uh, you know, from if I was Ma- a California girl or, or something. Or, yeah, or Florida or, or yeah, New York okay. or whatever. I mean, could you even imagine uh, spending your millions in middle America? I mean... So it depends on what, uh, like what way I would approach it if I was a professional athlete, because I really do appreciate the athletes out there that yes, they're making millions of dollars and maybe they're from like New York city or Los Angeles or even like Miami, but 
they go to teams like Milwaukee, where they freeze their tails off half the year, and then they go to places like... I mean, Memphis is, like, not too bad because it's there in Tennessee, but it's not, like, a Oh, it's safe pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't want to throw Oklahoma City in there because there's nothing that is – I mean – Everybody else does. I know what you're doing, and you I have some bias, but I'm just telling you. I'm kind of, like, scared to say what I want to say, but, I mean, there's nothing, like, super sexy about Oklahoma City. Except oh for God. me. Except for <laughs> – sure. And no wonder <laughs> Kevin left. Yeah, that's why Kevin left. There's just – there's nothing super just, like – I don't know. It, there's nothing that just pulls people in here, except for the athletes that are like Steven Adams. They don't really care where they play as long as they get the opportunity to contribute. And so, I mean, people appreciate that. But I guess if I was in that position and like I had a lot of family, this I'm kind of like thinking about like Paul George right now. If I had a ton of family that was back in California, I had the opportunity to go play for a big market team like the Clippers. And I had a guy like Kawhi Leonard who was like, hey, come play with me. We can be dominant. I don't know. It would be really hard mm. to say no to that, right? And and your significant other had a uh, bikini line That's that okay. needed it's to be exactly. propped up in some way. What's the name of the bikini line again? Nude. Uh, n- nude Swim? <laughs> nude, be- nude Swim Company? That's that's middle America. Which, and, and this, sure. is, this is all why there is this convoluted salary cap system. Because yeah. the idea is, is that, the, okay, if there was no cap system... The idea is is that basically everyone would pile into a Laker jersey, Clipper jersey, Nick, Net, Warrior, Heat jersey, and then the star player of the Oklahoma City Thunder would be probably still Kyle Singler. So that is the idea um, <laughs> is that, yeah, there's a cap system that sort of you know limits it, that encourages that talent to spread around, that encourages teams to spread that talent around so it doesn't all coagulate in one place. And opportunity, Madison, you said opportunity. That's a big thing, too, because, you know, yes, you could pile five all-stars on, on, on the Lakers right now, but at some point, someone's going to say, I'm not getting the ball enough. Or let's mm-hmm. say the Warriors, for example. I'm not saying this has ever happened, <laughs> but let's say you have like, year. like five all-stars. You're going to have one of those. It's very rare. Yeah, it's, it's unusual. It's going to say, like, after the fact, like, man, I just don't get the ball enough. And so, therefore, they're going to want to go to, let's say, I don't, I don't know, know, Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I don't know. Now, it's all hypothetical, what you said. Yeah, I know. I'm just, 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 <laughs> just feeling None it. of just, that actually happened. Just spitballing. Uh, but it, it, it's interesting. And, John, they went ahead and made the Supermax a couple of years ago, thinking that would help fix. <laughs> it has done the opposite. <laughs> How many people took the Supermax? And I know I'm asking a question that needs to be researched. But John Wall, Harden. The third string point guard from the Celtics who plays for the Hornets now. <laughs> Harden, Russ. Um, well, basically, less than 10. Yeah, and far less. Far so less. Almost and on More spot. guys have declined that like uh-huh. a Kawhi, like a paul george uh then have accepted. it's handcuffed like middle mid markets and small markets oh, more Damian so than it's helped them also. yeah it, because like john wall like that that has handcuffed the wizards that's a, i mean that's a little bit different though because john wall was injured we don't know okay but that, even that is before true. the injury it was a little like but, eh. but even know, like the Kimmel walker situation Kimmel was sharp perfect yeah that, that that's a good example of like a team just kind of looking at their situation going like i i, I you're good either way and you're bad either way. So yep. it, it hasn't done what the league th- intended it to do. Yeah, they, they intended it to, to to be a tool that would help Oklahoma City keep guys. Mm-hmm. And it did. It helped them keep Russell, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. It absolutely did. But then there's that, okay, gosh, what are we going to do in three years? Yeah, what are we going to do when we're paying him like $40 million a year and he's, and he's like aging? Yeah, and, and some of this is the, the inherent problem with NBA contract structure is that if you're a star player, your salary starts out small and it gets larger and larger and larger until when you're 40 years old making $30 million and you're not 
worth that much anymore. It doesn't, you know, like salaries don't tent. They don't go up to when you're 28 and they start to come yeah. down, and that becomes a problem at the tail end of their careers. And that's whenever you see all these, uh, oh, the championships that Oklahoma could have had. What if? Where, how? How then? Then how? Uh, <laughs> none of them take into account the kind of money that was going to go into keeping two All-Stars, three All-Stars, three All-Stars in Defensive Player of the Year. three I mean, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. All that stuff. No one ever talks about how that was starting to build in that bubble. And the players know what's happening. It's like, we got all these dudes, and I know what the salary cap is. Who's out? John, yeah. John really quick, um, because I've seen this kind of thrown around on Twitter a handful of times, but I don't know if you know how a franchise tag works in the NFL. Like, what if the NBA just adopted the franchise tag? How would that, would that help small markets? Would that piss off players? Because it seems like NFL players hate the franchise tag. Yeah, and that's the thing. And, and what I always caution on that, all of these, like the NBA can't just implement it. They can't just say, I decree as of tomorrow, like this has to be negotiated with the players and you kind of have to flesh out like what the rules are of that. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, so far the players have either, either they've said it's an, it's not going to go on the table or the owners haven't approached it yet. Um, I, I keep coming back to the law of unintended consequences. It's one of these things that it sounds like a good thing. Like, you know, I'm just going to tag Kevin Durant year after year and he's going to have to stay in this market and everything's going to be hunky dory. There might be a side effect to that. So sometimes you just kind of have to leave well enough alone and say, look, some of these players are going to naturally want to navigate on somewhere. We can give his prior team a couple of advantages, but ultimately, if he wants to go, he's going to go. Has the uh, NFL franchise tag worked in the NFL? <laughs> I don't know. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have any franchise yeah. tag. Brady's heart is slowly breaking over. Yeah, I'm dead inside, everybody. So, but Josh Rosen will get it in a few years. It's okay. Oh. The, intent, the intention of the franchise tag, obviously, just like my first marriage, it was good intentions. Oh, no. It did not work because you end up franchising you know, offensive linemen that you just want to freeze where he is. Like, like kickers and punters have gotten the franchise tag, yeah. right? I mean, it's... it it's, Isn't Sebastian Janikowski still in the league? <laughs> Somewhere, I think. Not, no. Yeah. Finally. Like I say, it, it all kind of comes down to what are, the, what are the rules surrounding it and, you know, what are the owners and or players giving up to put this in play? It's it's kind of complicated. Well, we have access to the Players Association this year, John. We can uh, ask Chris Paul these yes, questions, right? That's right. <laughs> Media day. Very, very beloved president, too, isn't he? Uh, okay, the supreme leader. Is so we were all shocked about uh, all the stuff that happened with Paul George and Russell Westbrook over the summer and how it all went down. Uh, Doc Rivers wasn't. We'll talk about <laughs> that when we get back. How the deconstruction of the Oklahoma City Thunder was already in the Clippers' plans. KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, the big story of the day on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. One oh seven seven the franchise, one oh seven nine in Tulsa. Franchise Center Insider Show. That's right, it's college football weekend. You're in your swim trunks or sweats or whatever. In your favorite stained t-shirt watching football. Just listen to me, John Hamm, Brady Trantham, and Madison Morris. Did you say sting or stained? Either way is okay. good. Right. I would love a sting t-shirt. Probably something from uh, Fields of Gold, maybe? Really? Yeah. I don't know. Like You're the- not, not a sting guy? 
Yeah, the the police. Mm. You got to go back to that. No, some of his best work is his solo stuff. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Fields of Gold is. Oh. Uh, yeah, the brand new day. Yeah. That album in two thousand. Oh, so good. Nah, it's too cheery. You know what? Never mind. You're right. It is football season. John and I will talk about the works of the police, <laughs> the police and Sting for the next hour. As Brittany and Madison look on and say, "Who? Who? <laughs> Let me Google that." <laughs> so, uh, but now, okay. So, Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, they are going to start a brand new season with a lot of new faces, new places, all that stuff. We talked about that in the first hour. And getting to know Gala Denali, <laughs> or whatever his name is. I'm kidding. He damn near scored 20 points a game last season and can shoot from the outside, John. Finally, the Thunder have an outside shooter, right? <laughs> yeah, and you know, here's the reality is that last season was Gallinari's best season in the NBA. At Is he 30, 31 years old? I, I forget exactly how old. Um, but yeah, he's a guy that has had a number of injuries. Uh, I th- early in his career with the Knicks, he had an ACL tear. Uh, he's had uh, other lower body injuries here and there. So he's gone from Denver to the Clippers and now in OKC. And I think Gallinari... Uh, probably his focus is going to be, how do I get that next contract? That's what he's looking at. Last season, obviously, was a huge sort of breakthrough for him. Um, and I think he's going to be looking for that. And it, it's going to be it's going to be strange, guys, because, you know, obviously we've seen guys come in at the trade deadline where we say, okay, this guy's a short timer. Todd Gibson's probably not going to put down roots here, you know, but it's kind of strange to be talking about this at the beginning of the season, right? Yeah, yep. And then, you know, Brady, give me your, give me your starting five. My starting five, uh, it's, I hope it's the same thing John just said. If he, oh, no, I didn't ask him yet. That's why I gave you the opportunity. Okay, so um, Chris Paul at uh, the point guard position, Shea Gildas Alexander at the two, uh, Terrence Ferguson at the three, and that's with the assumption that Andre Robertson is, according to him, to Sam Presti, ready to go training camp. I don't want him starting. Just He needs to recover. So I want Terrence at the three, Danilo Gallinari at the four, Stephen Adams at the five. You concur? I think so. I mean, really, it seems like the the toss up there is Ferguson versus Robertson. Yeah, and some of it we don't know how Robertson's going to look, uh, and you know, would he even start from day one? Is that something that could change during the season? For example, I think that's really the only toss up. The other positions, I would say, from game one, that seems most likely. So that's who you're starting five is, and to be very honest with you, it's a competitive starting five in the NBA. No, it whenever, is. Whenever I look at that starting lineup, I don't think to myself, "Oh, look at those cellar dwellers. Who's that guy or whatever." I see guys that have served some NBA time and kind of know how to get their way around. The big question mark is, especially from us, how long is this starting five going to be just in Oklahoma City? We're not even talking about injuries. We're talking about in Oklahoma City. Uh, The first date that we need to start looking at is, what, December 20th? December 15th is when – okay, so – and the rule is – if a free agent signs with another team over the summer, they can't be traded for three months or until December 15, whichever is later. So December 15 is when the trade market will start to open up. There's even more guys that, uh, you know, if they check a few other boxes, they can't be traded until January 15. Okay. So, but December 15 is when the market is going to open back up again so for a lot of teams. December 16th against Chicago is a home game. <laughs> that is the first chance that you might see movement in this roster. I mean that's that's the thought. I mean I I would be surprised if Chris Paul if he's healthy if he's here by the trade deadline. So it, that that timeline certainly works out. Is that what the deuces meant? 
I don't know. <laughs> Is that the, on um, his some, Instagram? My friend, his my, my friend asked me about like when that happened. I'd already seen it, but he like texted me a few hours later and was asking me about it. And I was like, uh, the, he could he could just be saying like goodbye vacation, hello Oklahoma City, right. you know, because right. he has to report to um, the city in, in the next week or so. And then he said, well, I read somewhere that today is the first day he could officially be traded. And I I was like, no. I don't know. I, I really don't know. But it doesn't matter because half the league can't be traded until December 15th. Right. So mm-hmm. Chris Paul was eligible to be traded the nanosecond OKC acquired him. Yeah. Like, there was no... There were offers. The there. only restriction is that they could not combine him with another salary. But you know, with Chris Paul making $38 million, they there was no need to combine him with other players to get a higher salaried guy yeah. because there's very few of those in the league. And national guys that thought he was going to get moved immediately thought that he was going to be packaged with uh, one of the many picks that Presti has, and that's when you know we had to go through all the interference and what have you, and like what a week mm-hmm. later, like they're not going to get rid of any of these picks as of right and now. And I think that there's some comfort probably from the front office perspective because like yeah, like there were offers made and it it involved like the Thunder not getting anything back in return. It was just you know get rid of Chris Paul. Presti probably um, is going up to Chris Paul and letting him know, like, we're going to take care of you, like, wh- whether you're here or trying to get you to the next spot. You know, we're not going to just trade you to some crap team. We're, we're going to try and put you in a situation where you can succeed. In the meantime, please be a good soldier. But also, uh, Pressy's going to do all that he can to try and get something back in return. But if it just gets to a point to where, like, we're getting closer and closer to the trade deadline and there are no takers whatsoever like here's another first round pick oklahoma city if there's just if it's not there then presti probably in good faith will just be like fine i'll have to bite the bullet on this one or, oh well or you sam, still have 12 more left sam presti will do this hey chris paul <laughs> you want to jump on the base and jam here in oklahoma city for a little while <laughs> da, da, da. slap it a bass because this is the song he was playing at the collective. Right, at the, right. Okay. All right. Just so that's a just, just long, in case anyone forgot. It's a long way to get a joke there. Chris right, Paul so. could come I in to say, it was good. say, I created the bass in Oklahoma City. <laughs> he was all about the bass. I was here before you were drumming here. Remember? He's a hipster. He's a thunder hipster. Remember yeah. when I He's played? an OG. Here, I, I, I don't mean to be segueing into a completely different topic, but it's just... Hometown Hornet. That's what you're doing, though. Dude. Well, I, I just have a question, because we're, <laughs> we're talking about the starting five, and we're go talking ahead, about how like pretty competitive that they are and how good they are. I mean, you go a little bit deeper. Dennis Schroeder. I mean, it does... It oh, does God, open, he still plays on the team. Yeah, it does open up a, a few possibilities. It does open up a few possibilities for this team because of the the thought that, you know, Chris Paul's not, probably not going to play every single game. He'll have to sit. Well, then you have Shea goes Alexander. You could throw out there as a starting point guard to help develop that part of his game that the Thunder eventually want him to be. Or you could try to make Dennis Schroeder a little bit happier and let him start because I have no idea what the mindset of Dennis Schroeder is. And he's probably the most... And the most ex- I'm the most excited to get to talk to him uh, media day just because I, I have no idea what he's expecting. This is not the situation that he signed up for uh, last offseason. Yeah, it, look, Billy Donovan's going to have a chore on his hands because Dennis Schroeder is an interesting thing because there, you know, there don't appear to be a ton of minutes behind Chris Paul. Now, if Chris you know rests, obviously that opens up more opportunity here and there. Um, but on an average night, what, there's going to be Chris Paul's going to play 30 minutes? Yeah. 31, 32, he's got to play. He's got to prove that he still can do stuff and healthy. So he has to play heavy minutes. But he and Schroeder in the backcourt, that doesn't. I don't know. I guess Speedy Claxton worked years ago with, with did Chris it, Paul, right? They sure never, did. They didn't know the playoffs. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's it, it's going to be a weird fit. And then closing lineups. 
right? Whenever you come down to the last few minutes of the game, I think Schroeder's going to expect to be out there. Does it make sense for he and Paul to be on the court together? How does that affect Shea Gilgis-Alexander? Boy, it's going to be really interesting to see how how Billy juggles this. And again, you know, this comes back to how is this team going to change throughout the season? And I don't know. There's some interesting things that could come up as a result of all this. Is this a harder chore than trying to manage the mellow Paul Russell ego? <laughs> like, a, that's a good question. A different chore, yeah. <laughs> I do like how you said the shooter, this is not the situation that he signed to be in. He looks at Billy Donovan and he's like, yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> I don't know if you saw my roster when I first got here, bro. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> it didn't have Jaime D. Dallo or whoever this was Jaime on Dallo. it. That didn't. That wasn't happening uh, when I first got here. So I had a very, very good roster. Uh, before we get into break, uh, I want to, like I said, I want to touch on something I teased about what the Clippers said about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, this is what really sparked whatever I thought. Uh, this is what Sam Presti said the day after uh, Paul George was moved. Now, hang on. Now, uh, which one are we? I know. I kind of killed the momentum here, but you're fine. we have a lot of Sam Presti audio here. Yeah, so this was the press conference he did the day um, that he wrote the op-ed. Okay. Yeah. So here we go. Okay. This okay. Is, and this is the quote. Well, let me let me let me first start off by saying, um, you know, I think the world of PG, I think everybody knows that. Um, uh, the I know that he had he had he had used the term mutual. Um, I I you know I don't I wouldn't necessarily agree with that because that would infer that we we were wanting to to trade Paul George, which I think most people would agree that that probably wasn't on, on the top of our off-season priority list. Um, but I would say that it was not adversarial at all. Okay, uh, okay. And I also, so that we, there he wasn't at the top of his list. Uh, somebody in... Uh, but that implies that it's on his list. Somebody in the Clippers organization disagrees with that. We'll talk about that when we... in Tulsa. If you're going to play this kind of music, Madison, at least crank it so Grandma can hear it. I would love to crank this. Is this the Tom Cruise version? (laughs) (laughs) Did you not know Tom Cruise did a cover of this? uh, Oh, what's that in the movie? Rock of Ages. Yeah, the old uh, Broadway whatever thing. Yeah. Alec Baldwin was in that. Yes, he was. Oh, God. There's a lot of people in that movie that you're like, I did not think you had this kind of talent. I know. But okay. Kind of impressive. Did you see the Alec Baldwin roast? No, I didn't. On Comedy Central? No, I didn't. Let me tell you my top three jokes from it. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I just... <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> you're about to get us all fired. Wow. Like, yeah. it was... Uh, Blake Griffin uh, did a set, though. Uh, pretty impressive. With uh, with Caitlyn Jenner. Yes. Yeah. Well, And then the rest of the jokes that he told about the rest of the Diaz. It was... Uh, <laughs> my wife just looked and said, who wrote that? Yeah. It didn't matter. He delivered him. Blake, Gri- <laughs> Blake Griffin... Uh, quite the uh, quite the talent all yes. around. Yes, he is. So good I'm stuff sure. there. Absolutely, he's a great sooner. Have a question. Does he play for? The, did he play for Oklahoma? Yes, he did. I don't Indeed. remember that. Uh, he's got a building named after him. A uh, the fa- No, it's not him. It's his family. Okay, I was there the night that they did it. It's his. It was. Uh, Thank you, Taylor Griffin, for your contributions. contributions. <laughs> How much did the fam chip in on this? I'll tell you what. Taylor played that first year when Blake was still in high school. That's where he chipped in. <laughs> yeah, that was his contribution. Hey, Taylor, I heard your brother's going to come here. Pretty awesome. Thanks, Kelvin. Uh, all right, so we have a uh, question on the uh, Kelly Gregg Memorial text line. Uh, they ask, "Who in the West?" Are the Oklahoma City Thunder better than right now? Minnesota, New Orleans, who Phoenix. else? Phoenix. 
<laughs> John and I were going back and forth. I was like, Phoenix. And That's John, the one we are confident about. And John said, well, I think they're better than the Suns. <laughs> so definitely Phoenix. I I certainly understand um, everybody is excited, why everybody's excited for New Orleans. They've got to prove it to me first before I say that they're better than a team that has a lot of veteran experience and successful veteran experience with the Thunder. And it's like, yeah, it's a hodgepodge of guys who haven't played together, so the Thunder going to have to figure it out. Uh, the momentum certainly isn't in the same spot that it was in these last few seasons. But Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, those are guys that ha- have had a lot of success. Steven Adams, uh, Dennis Schroeder. Everybody knows the talent on this team. Um, the potential for New Orleans is certainly much better than the Thunder right now. The Thunder will be there in a few seasons, like what New Orleans is in, probably. Uh, but that, that's a team that I'm like, okay, I get people are excited for them, but I still feel like Oklahoma City is probably better than them. It's tough because, again, I I could see this season for OKC. I could see them getting off because the first six weeks is a very difficult schedule. And let's say those trade offers do roll in and this team does start to ship out the veteran guys that we're talking about that fit well together. And then I could see where this team finishes below in the standings. I could also see a scenario where those offers don't come in and these players are with OKC for all or most of the season and they are somewhere. It's 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 very difficult to target where this team's going to end up. Matt, so you're going to get a piece of the steak. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think right now a lot of people are super down on this team. But I, so Brady and I were kind of joking about, what would we call it? The chase for 38 or something? Yeah, that's uh, what we're calling the coverage this year. It's so if be- they win over 38 games, like there's going to be a parade. Pizza party, we're, and we're gonna throw yeah. The it. franchise is gonna throw a, a, a championship parade if little, they went over thirty eight games. Little Caesars pizza party for sure. Thanks, yeah, thanks a little. So Caesar's the chase for thirty eight is on, uh, especially when uh, season starts. That, that, I, I don't know. It's gonna be kind of interesting to see, just because um, I the more or the closer that season gets, I am starting to become a little bit more optimistic about what this team can have to offer, just because. Uh, now Brady and I, especially as well as other media members, have had the chance to talk to a couple of the guys and. Um, it, they, I don't know. They don't really have that mentality of just like giving up and taking and not having somewhat of a, of a successful season. And obviously you can say all that stuff, but your actions have to match up to it as well. Uh, but I don't know. I don't, I don't feel as down on this team as I used to. And I so ha- I think that's telling. I have a definitive answer. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen this, I haven't seen yeah. this team play. Unlike the last four or five years, uh, when I had a chance to come in and tell you what I thought of this team preseason, I had a solid understanding of how guys played together and, you know, six, seven deep, how guys would rotate and what have you. Hell, I don't know. Uh, invest in Darius Baisley, everybody. <laughs> do it now while uh, there's nobody on the bandwagon. I don't Just know do it. if Danilo Gallinari wants to be here. I don't know if he gets here, if he puts up 25 points. I don't know. They're I, professionals, yeah. Jerry. I, it doesn't matter. Like while they're here, they will have to perform. I get, but there's intangibles when it comes to chemistry and you know clutch play and all that stuff that I have not seen this team play. That's what makes this season so exciting for me. Sure, yeah, is I have no blanking clue what this team is going to do with the best that I have of how I've covered the team and how I love basketball and all that stuff. I can tell you what I think, but there is no way in hell I'm going to be able to give you. The numbers of the starting five next season. I can't. Yeah. It's so much is in flux. And like I say, it's a very it's a very weird situation because usually again, we're talking about guys like at the deadline, like, yeah, they're not gonna be here long, but this is starting from day one. Um and 
look, whatever this season, whatever it is, okay, um, whether they make the playoffs, whether they miss the playoffs, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's just sort of like, I don't know, it's, it's like a season of How I Met Your Mother. Like, <laughs> the best okay, show yeah, ever. Yeah, it's like, it's okay, I'm, you know, the season's Easy. there. That's my but favorite show. It's more about getting on to the next season, right? It's, it's about that. And that's, I think, you know, Brady, when you talked earlier about, you know, OKC not wanting to surrender those draft picks to offload a guy like Chris Paul, they are focused on the future. And everything, every move they make is going to be about how does this benefit down the road? They're not going to... Unless they come out like 73-win Golden State Warriors style, I don't think they're going to go through a lot of effort to, to like keep this team together this yeah. season. Yeah, I mean, and there's really no no reason to because it's such a you can cut you can cut this team in half. Like there are guys um, that are here for the short term that are old, and then there are guys that are here for the long term that are really young. Like this team is not very. It's very up and down in terms of the uh, age range um, and the guy in the middle of all this is a guy that the thunder could potentially package in a deal or they could just say no we want to keep him and it's steven adams because he's right in the middle of that he's he's not young but he's not old he's been here for a while but uh he's a guy that the thunder probably want to keep around uh for this new batch of young guys coming up that they have already uh, in their locker room and guys that they will be drafting the next few years. Steven Adams is a guy that you want to hold on to because he sets your Thunder culture. He is a better Nick Collison. The exact same reason why the Thunder wanted to hold on to him. You hold on to Steven Adams. So um, there, there's a short-term there's short-term goals for this team and there are long-term goals for this team and the long-term will always outweigh the short-term. What did you just do? I um, you said, okay, better, I talked about things that I don't really better know. Nick Collison? Yes. That would no be, better. That would be a mouth you need to be shutting. Oh, my God. What'd you, ju- <laughs> what'd you just do? That? How, I just, how many jerseys are, in, are hung in Chesapeake? How many? Ein. There's one. How many posters are hung in the studio? <laughs> There's Quite one. a few. Jerry, well, he's talking about you know the player from the program that's about to get put on probation. So it's <laughs> fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Adidas, Adidas money coming back. Bite you in the ass. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy about that. I can't even. I walked around without pants for two hours. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, so Doc Rivers, uh, first of all, great dad. Screw uh, you, Danny Manning. Oh, my God. What? We know. Wait, Is that where we're going with this? He had a son, He has a son that plays in the NBA. Obviously, yes. raised him fantastically. Absolutely. Uh, fantastic father. Fantastic front office guy. Uh Hall of Fame coach, uh, and he played with Dominique Wilkins. That, those are all facts <laughs> about Doc Rivers. Uh, also, soothsayer. Oh. I he, love using that word. He soothsayer. Knew. It's he, not sooth. He knew that Oklahoma City was going to bust up their team, and that's all they had to do is play the waiting game. Of course, I'm doing this all in. Uh, I'm paraphrasing what he said at the press conference the other day, but basically just said, oh, yeah, you know, we knew that Oklahoma City was going to bust up their team. So just waited out for Kawhi Leonard to go get Paul George. Yeah, just everything just broke Uh, their way. Just unbelievable. All above board. Just totally remarkable. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's it's great. I mean, look. We, we just played the Sam Presti audio clip before we went to break yeah. where he sort of laid out like, ah, I would not call this mutual. Uh, not if, you know, it was not adversarial, but not exactly mutual. Um, the Thunder's actions alone, okay, July 1st, they go out and get agreements with Alec Burks and Mike Muscala. If they were wanting to blow things up, you don't go get those guys. 
<laughs> and then after Paul George requests the trade and they and, and they make the deal, then they go back to both players and say, "Look, if you have another opportunity somewhere else, feel free to pursue it. You're not locked in here." Just the Thunder's actions alone do not do not uh, at all imply that they were ready to break it up. At my age, I watch a ton of th- uh, Law and Order. Okay, okay. I know about setting up alibis. <laughs> See, and I'm telling you, <laughs> that's an awful lot of trouble to go through. Don't that you think? Trip that Presty made to go personally pick up Muscala and to go get Alex singular. Bur- is it? No, it's Alex plural. Blur- Alec, Alec, Alex. He's singular, a smart Burks. Alex. Burks okay. just one was uh, was just to set up the alibi to make it look like to okay. smart guys like you. Whenever he actually did break up this team that he secretly wanted to do, including getting rid of Russell Westbrook. So. Uh, I had some people suggest that in my in my Twitter timeline, and and the great thing is, is because I then joked with my friends about how few brain cells it takes to use Twitter to actually come up with that sort of idea and then tweet it out. I mean, honestly, you don't have to have two brain cells to rub together to use Twitter. I don't know if you knew this. Or I not. do. So no, a lot of people are throwing that out there. It's and that does it does get into the Hollywoodization of everything. Like there was some deep dark misdirection being played. No. This team planned on coming into this season with Russell Westbrook and Paul George and giving it another run. End of story. And we were all bored with that idea, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> we were, like, we were trying to talk ourselves uh, into it. Here we we go really again. were. We got, okay, so Madison, we got a couple of Presty clips up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what the fun thing is about Sam Presty. Just play one of them. Why do you? <laughs> because it's going be, to be actable to what we're talking about. Okay. Uh, how about we do this one? Uh, this is why OKC agreed to trade Paul George. And is that is that one good? Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, I mean, again, I think the one, you know, in in a situation like ours where we had um, extended ourselves, um, you know, financially to, you know, these were commitments that we felt we needed to make and were asked to make to, you know, for Russell and PG to 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 resign. And, and I think that, you know, you have to do that to, to keep those types of players in your program. Um, uh, you know, I think that the indication that that's probably coming at the end of the season because of, you know, whether it's L.A. or whether it's wanting to play with Kawhi Leonard or something like that, um, you have to take a step back. And I think you got to have everybody pulling on the same end of the rope, you know, to really give yourself the most maximal chance of reaching your potential. Um, and if that's not the case, then I think you need to take a step back and do the best thing for the organization. And in this case, he was able to get where he wanted to go. Uh, we were able to find a way to maximize the situation for ourselves. Um, and I, I don't believe that at the end of the year, um, we'd be looking at a fraction of what we were able to recoup in the situation. And, um, you know, we're pleased with the outcome. Okay. In other words, they weren't doing this trade for Gallinari and a couple of future second rounders. Yeah. And they, okay, so Paul George says this, right? I mean, I want out. I want to get out. Just, I mean, just, you know, kind of like he said to somebody else before, I'm sure. I, you know, I want out. <laughs> and he'll probably say again one day, but yes. yes. I, I want out. And so Sam Price says you got to look to see what's the best, you know, what, what's best for the organization. And something we haven't talked about on this show is he did a pretty good job setting up the future of this organization um a lot a lot of smarter people than me like this a lot more than i do all i see this right now is a bunch of empty bullets i don't know what they are 
I have no idea what they're going to become. But Sam Presti has a ton of them. I, I mentioned earlier uh, the the lack of brain cells that tweet at me sometimes. <laughs> Someone pointed out that you can't win games with draft picks. You have to have players, which boggled my mind. I, I did not know that, that you had to have human beings on the floor. You, you don't win with draft picks. John, I have <laughs> since apologized. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I, I, for, I just, I'm just ranting about uh, those things. But no, um, yeah, Jerry, it's... Um, uh, ultimately, again, I think the plan was to to run it again and then reevaluate. Um, and here's the thing, too, that that I, I think kind of gets lost. And I thought about this one day. You know, the Clippers talked about this. Well, we traded all this stuff to get Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Oklahoma City said we made this trade because it got the Clippers, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. What did Toronto get out of this? No, you're right. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, Toronto, Toronto. Toronto is the Thunder a few years ago. When Absolutely. Except for they got a world championship. Yeah. Like the Thunder traded Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers without actually having his and rights. It, it's going to be interesting to see how Raptors fans feel because of all that smoke that was. I mean, who knows if it was actually Presty, like full on, like we'll give you Paul George and Russell Westbrook if you give us X, Y, and Z because they're kind of in the same situation that the Thunder are. They can go one of many different ways, not just long term, but this season. Like, like. Uh, they've already won their ring. Yeah. And if they feel like that we need to actually tear this thing down, we can't hold on to Pascal Siakam because there's just nothing that we can do with it in the short term and the long term with him, and they have to trade him, Raptors fans are going to be mad that they could have had Pascal Siakam, or, um, Pascal Siakam potentially with a Paul George. Yeah. No, Assuming that Pascal Siakam wasn't a part of that hypothetical trade. And people don't know what you're talking about. There was a rumor came out that uh, Presti and Toronto, I mean, he went to Toronto first. Yeah, and it seemed like Presti was just basically using that for leverage just to force the Clippers' hand, which is, I mean, that's what Presti does. He's very good at he's very good at forcing forcing the deal. No, I mean, that's the thing. Uh, we've seen this time and again. Uh, we've heard about it after the fact. Like, if there's, if there's a trade being made, usually there's a secondary deal. You know, whether it was a few years ago when they're pursuing Paul George, there came a report that they were actually negotiating for DeMar DeRozan with Toronto as well. I'm sure kind of pitting those two against each other. Yikes. In his canter. <laughs> in his canter. Can you, can you imagine Russell Westbrook DeMar DeRozan on this team? Oh, my God. Oh. Even more Californians. Um, and then you've got uh, like you know, Brooke Lopez versus Ennis Cantor. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. If you're going to go out, if you're going to buy a high ticket item this weekend, uh, if you want to get the best deal, pit a couple of people against each other. Absolutely. 1077, the franchise 1079 in Tulsa. When we get back, uh, we will talk about Team USA. If you think that it's their fault that they lost, you're an idiot. We'll tell you who said that. Uh, plus, we'll get into uh, what we think, honestly, this team is going to uh, do in the future. Make the switch. Oklahoma's new sound for sports. 1077, the franchise. Media day next Monday. Training camp the day after. The first Thunder game, October 23rd at Utah. John. There's preseason games before then, too. Don't forget. All I got to say, Roberta, please tell John what I'm thinking. What, what are we doing here? Oh, <laughs> that was actually really good timing. The NBA season. What, Roberta? Oh, I cannot oh, yeah. wait for you to get here. NBA tickets. I'm Jerry Ramsey, and I don't like 90s music. <laughs> I thought this was Pebbles. 
Was it not? <laughs> I will throw my damn coffee cup at you. <laughs> oh, Donnie Hathaway kills it here. Just threaten somebody on live radio. Oh, Brady, put the guitar down for one second and listen to the smooth sounds of Donnie Hathaway. I thought that was Peebo Bryson. Oh my God, stop it. All right, go ahead. It's actually, Madison, starts to turn it down here because the kids are listening. It gets kind of... Oh, does it? How they were made. <laughs> oh, oh, nope. And it, we're going down. We're going down. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> so, anyway, oh, the closer we get to NBA basketball. It really, listen, it really does uh, excite me about every season. How You know how people act around here when football season starts? Yeah, it's football season. Stop taking the basketball off my uh, Twitter feed, please. <laughs> Do you see the uh, tweet going around? It's like, when you whisper in someone's ear, what makes you make goosebumps? Yes. Somebody tells me, October 23rd. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, oh goosebumps. Oh. I'm the only one that gets goosebumps whenever he says October 23rd at Utah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, yes. That's right. That just sounds great. There's, there's a spider coming. Uh, okay, but... and that's He's going to be a tired spider. And that's how we made Charlotte's Web. Uh, okay, <laughs> now, the spider could not carry Team USA, though. Do better than a seventh place. Was that his job to carry the team or was it Kimba's? It was his because he was the one that was doing work. And I know a lot of you missed it because it was like uh, ESPN uh, ESPN Plus, uh, the home home channel for OSU uh, football. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Don't even. (laughs) It was on ESPN Plus. Better than ESPN Minus, I guess. At six o'clock in the morning. So a lot of you guys missed it. But Team USA, Greg Popovich really got on to people and said it was ignorant uh, for them to give uh, any guff to this team because they tried really hard and did the best that they could, and they ended up in a seventh-place finish. I'm going to agree with Greg Popovich on one thing. They were trying. They just couldn't play together. Had no chemistry. Couldn't figure stuff out. They even hated that ball. Was it like an orange and black ball? They could not stand it. Jerry, I could understand about like trying really hard and not being good enough. I can I can sympathize with that, and that's Team USA. They tried hard. They did. They just weren't good enough. They weren't. And also, by the way, uh, don't drive at Rudy Gobert and just think you're going to score on him. <laughs> Be a little bit smarter. But they weren't the first team. Like they, that was the only team they lost to, right? Joe Ingles put it on them there for a minute. Yep. With Team Australia, I mean, there were a couple of teams that really gave it to them. They got down what thirty-two to seven or thirty-two to five. Uh, in that uh, in that makeup game after mm-hmm. they lost to France, I just look. Here's the thing: these this team was good enough to win something. If it wasn't bronze, if it wasn't uh, silver, it should have been gold. And you say, "Oh, they don't care about FIBA and whatever." Jerry Colangelo right now is cashing a very big check for quote unquote Team USA, and there's a lot of players that signed up for Team USA. It's an entity. They just, listen, I know a lot of you guys think, oh, they just throw players together to go out internationally and they only care about the Olympics. That's not true. There is a foundation, there's a place for Team USA that's run by Jerry Colangelo that Mike Krzyzewski is a part of. The coaches, who are the damn coaches, guys? Who are the coaches? Greg Popovich, Steve okay. Kerr, Jay Wright. Who? Oh, just a bunch of no names. <laughs> Jay Wright's Jay got a killer tan. Yeah, Jay Wright. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, a guy who's won a national championship, a guy who had the best team in the NBA, arguably, ever. 
uh, and then for the last couple of years. And, and probably the Greg best coach Popovich, in NBA history. Yeah, and Greg Popovich, the greatest coach in NBA history. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And they couldn't get it done. They deserve every bit of whatever sour yeah, you want to Yeah, but look, the uh, international players, the um, other foreign, foreign countries, they've certainly caught up in these last 10 to 15 years especially. Um, I, I think uh, mid-90s on early 2000s, they, they started to get kind of nicely competitive to where the United States couldn't just walk over everybody like they did in the early 90s and the 80s. Um, but the competition is there. But the way I see it, um, Spain, Serbia, all those countries, they probably looked at this entire situation and thought, you, the United States is basically a wounded animal and let us like take advantage of that. And so I could certainly see how you know less less than players rise to the occasion and beat a team that in the United States where they're just like, they're just a bunch of guys that have been, you know, they have to play with each other. There was a bunch of veterans. Donovan Mitchell was in his second year and just played, you know, you know, playoff basketball a few months before. But I mean, there are excuses of course, and the United States really shouldn't have any excuses for their basketball program, but, but there, there are reasons at least, um, I'm not worried about the Olympics in two years. <laughs> no, neither am I. I'm, I'm, I'm not either. Um, the reality is this isn't 1992 anymore. Okay, the Dream Team was an overreaction to things when yes. they went over and defeated everyone by 50 points per game. Okay, that is that is a year where they could have sent the C-listers. They could have sent Michael Cooper and Isaiah Thomas. And Okay. <laughs> that- I had to. Cut, I had cut to. Cut his damn mic. <laughs> so John Paxson, Isaiah Thomas, you know, that caliber yeah, no, player. That, yeah, those crap players. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, so, like, God. help me out with some of the history here. So, was, like, Arvidas Sabonis, like, before the Dream Team, was Arvidas Sabonis playing against college kids before yeah. they, they let professional players yeah. play from the United States? Yeah, 1988. That is unfair. Sold. Yeah. yeah. It, who was who Arvidas Sabonis playing against? Like, Danny Manning? Danny well, Manning. No, Danny Manning, David Robinson. I mean, there were still players. I mean, this yeah, guys that became 1984 was considered one of the best uh, USA Olympic teams in history before Dream Team came around. Mm-hmm. Listen, college players were still good enough in '88. It's just like John said, there's an overreaction because there were a couple of really good international players that just took them to school. By the way, John Thompson. Uh, Mm -hmm. was the coach of that and that was part of the problem too because he wasn't necessarily putting the best players he was using it as a recruiting tool he had a very young alonzo morning never heard of him uh who was not in college yet that oh guess what he ended up going to georgetown uh and then you know he was that he used as a recruiting tool so there was some stuff that was in there that the united states overreacted to yeah but the dream team was 1992 and John, I don't know if you know this. That was a long ass time ago. It's been a while, and they sort of created their own monster, which is, I think, a good thing. I agree. I think it's a good thing that other countries have embraced the sport of basketball. That you have got again a Rudy Gobert from France, who is a dominant defensive player in the NBA. My, look, my problem isn't with with uh, USA's position in international basketball. Is it's not. They're still the number one team in the in the world, yeah. despite their seventh place finished. My problem is. The blanking commitment to Team USA. 
Okay, and if we're going to do what we're doing and just throw guys together and hodgepodge, let's stop paying Jerry Colangelo this big chunk of money for whatever this paper tiger called Team USA is. Yeah, I, that's I'd much my ra- problem. I'd much rather have that pothole field on I forty with uh, with my tax dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's not how it. No, okay. oh, it's, it's okay. that's no, that's not how it works at all. One zero seven seven the franchise. One zero seven nine in Tulsa. By the way, Steph Curry said he'll play in the Olympics. Thanks, Steph. <laughs> Thanks. A week later. Appreciate, oh, Dame Lillard, too. And I think he said it right after he hit like some 52-foot uh, 52 jumper. Like on- <laughs> we need to start, we need to start, um, on get, we need to start getting this out there. We need to uh, send me and Madison to Japan uh, for the Olympics. Go cover that. I would love to. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we might be able to. Absolutely. We don't agree. know if we'll be able to cover current for, uh, Thunder players at the time, but we'll be able to cover a lot of former Thunder players. <laughs> Which is just as good. Yeah. First of all, I'd be going to Japan. No, you wouldn't. And I would be doing a shot for shot of Lost in Translation. No, no, <laughs> no. I yes. like that boring, overrated movie. Really it's oh boring. Oh, my God. It's boring. I will kick you off the show. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Never Do seen nothing. it. Dude. <laughs> That's even worse. Mutiny. Seen it. Mutiny. At least he's seen it. He can talk crap about it. Madison. He's seen it. Madison. Come on. I have not seen this. Boom. Very you sorry. are a lonely uh, man. That's because you've been in Russia for the last like that's, 25 that's years. That's true. So yes. That's a right. lot of culture you have in. Yeah. I know. She throws a smoke bomb down. Just disappears. <laughs> They're about to get that brand new movie, Adventures in Babysitting. That's that's coming to a theater near her soon. Oh, heck yeah. Well, no, that's basically Black Widow. She's the event. Like we'd have no clue what her past is. She just showed up a couple of years ago and started covering the thunder. It's true. I I know Natasha. This is all true. I know it is. Uh, 1077 The Franchise, 1079 in Thunder. In Thunder. In Thunderland. Brady. What do you want? I'm so upset about this right now. You want to talk about this crap. I don't want to talk about this, but. (laughs) I wrote about it. That's why. (laughs) I guess. Go ahead. Plug your damn damn thing. Yeah, it's on thefranchiseok.com. It's about everybody's favorite subject, and that is Mr. Kevin Durant. Uh, Of course, this was two weeks ago, that Wall Street Journal article that came out. Um. Not two or three hours after I had already gone to sleep, getting back from the Dallas airport from my little weekend vacation in California, but woke up, had to read all that drivel and uh, write about it, of course. But it did give me an opportunity to finally put down basically the same thoughts that I've had about Kevin since he's left. You know, it's he did nothing wrong, but simply like John and I were talking about this off air during the commercial. If you're going to do something like that, You've got to have thicker skin than what you have and blame Kevin, blame Kevin's people like Rich Kleiman, his agent, manager, whatever he is, um, for not preparing him for the storm that was coming, for him just simply changing teams like he like he wants to put it. Yeah, and it again, it all comes back to Oklahoma City, right? But, I mean, th- this is this is sort of a NBA fandom reaction, right? That was like the anti-KD to Golden State sentiment was not born and, and uh, contained here in Oklahoma City. A lot of people felt that way, and Brady, the comparison that I used was LeBron going to Miami. Uh, there was a huge blowback on that one. LeBron, he... He even had moments where he didn't handle that very well. Either. No, like that first season, he was like, "Oh, I'm the bad guy," and it's right. like, embrace like, that. You can yeah. have opinion. I have my own opinions about LeBron James, like when he's not playing basketball, but he's not a bad guy, right? So it just it never felt genuine, and it felt like he was forcing something that wasn't him, and so it just didn't come off right. But um, the thing I never try to compare the LeBron leaving Cleveland to KD leaving Oklahoma City because they're so different. They are. I mean, LeBron left a team with. Terrible ownership that every governorship, excuse me. I don't, um, um, that front office, what did they set him up with? Mo Williams? 
That was his second best player? All-star, Mo Williams. All-star, because the Eastern Conference was trash. (laughs) Antoine Jameson, hello. His corpse. (laughs) (laughs) Roll his old bones out there. J.J. Hickson. Was the bonus of Grouchkrush still there? (laughs) The jersey retired. Okay. Um, So LeBron leaves that situation. It's like, yeah, because there's absolutely no hope for that team outside of what LeBron can do on his own. Kevin had a championship roster on his team. Was it perfect? No. But they were up 3-1 against the Warriors, and if they didn't choke, they would have gone to the finals and probably won a championship against LeBron and the Cavs. So uh, Kevin did not leave a sinking ship that he himself was holding up by himself. He left a very competitive team, and that's why it's been so hard for fans to get to grasp. That's been so hard for Kevin to deal with in the wake, and now he has to go to Brooklyn and deal with New York media. media. So have fun. Mad- Madison, you were still in finishing school in Russia whenever all this I stuff was, yeah. <laughs> went yes. down. So, But whenever you came onto the scene, the Kevin Durant stuff ha- had not gone away. It was no. still resonating here well after he had left. No, for sure. Uh, so, I mean, just whenever you see this going down a couple of weeks ago, and you see this damn article one more time uh like i said you weren't here uh you weren't you weren't stabbed in the forehead but right. you saw the leftovers i mean what, what why is he still doing this i don't know i read that article and it kind of infuriated me not as like a person that is somewhat involved with the oklahoma city organization but just because it has become a not irrelevant but people it's not on people's minds as much anymore but you keep adding fuel to the fire it's almost like he wants this to stay relevant he wants people to be mad and angry at him and like give him all this grief about it just so he can be like like see i told you like i'm just getting bullied i'm like dude no one's talking about it anymore but you're the one that's literally adding fuel to the fire and it's just it's unnecessary i thought that article was just completely unnecessary and i get that people still want to talk about it but why why bring it up if like you're already moved on from golden state the team that you did leave oklahoma city for now you're going to brooklyn that is such a thing of the past. Just let it go. And he's taking shots at Golden State on the way out too. So. Yeah. Uh, it's very much Madison, like the uh, like the Twitter meme where someone says nobody, and then there's a blank. Yes. And then there's someone with a response to something. Like no one is saying anything. No one is saying anything anymore. That it's like a topic of the past. And then you've got you know Durant just just sort of unloading like that. And again, that is his feelings at that point in time. Yes. I have I have no doubt if someone went and had an interview with him when he was in a different state of mind or a different woke up uh, on the right side of the bed, you might get a different response out of him. Yeah. No, okay, for sure. Okay. First of all. Uh, there's two people. You know, there's two ways to look at this, and two people to understand this. All right. There's people that have been divorced and not divorced. Okay. Oh, uh, thank you, Colin Cowherd. So, if you have been divorced, you totally understand kind of where Kevin Durant's coming from because every time Linda gets brought up, uh, you need to bash Linda. <laughs> I totally get that. But here is my problem with this instant. Okay. Who wrote this article? Uh, who Who did this? Wall Street Journal? The West. Okay, Wall Street Journal. So I looked on their, okay, their lead article today, Trump repeatedly pressed Ukraine president to probe Joe Biden's son. This doesn't, Kevin Durant doesn't seem like their wheelhouse. To probe him? (laughs) Well, okay, U.S. to send military forces to Saudi Arabia. Let's ask Madison about this Ukrainian plot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm just like, really? This, I haven't read one thing about Clay Thompson yet. (laughs) Muni bond investors embrace high, high, high risk. Wait, why the hell is Wall Street Journal talking to Kevin Durant? It's weird. That is weird. It's random. Well, I mean, why not? He's one of the most 
famous people on earth why not brady because they're too busy with uber lyft drivers torn as california law could reclassify <laughs> them i mean they have a certain that's like wall that's like a sports illustrated going to find out about you know how your 401k can be better in 10 years <laughs> like what the, what the hell are they doing and it's because of this brilliant uh little mind a uh, little mind piece he has around him that puts him in these situations to keep him in the spotlight. I think it's his people that he has around him to make sure, even in this injured injured uh, season that he has, that we keep in mind that Kevin Durant's still one of the best players in the in the world. No, I, I think there yeah. could be. Yeah, make sure he's still out there in the spotlight. Now, I, again, it's just sort of like go talk to Kevin, and there's no telling what you're going to get. I mean, I, I don't know how much of like the actual conversation is uh, is talked about in advance and and any you know pre planning done. Um, I think it's just go see what he has to say today. And again, as as I've pointed out on some pods and I've pointed out elsewhere, um, Kevin has a knack for saying one thing, contradicting himself later. And the author of this article pointed it out and said, "Yeah, Kevin doesn't seem to be too concerned about that." No, I and mean, that's and that's what it is, and that's how I feel about Kevin Durant right now. Uh, you don't have to deal with. I him want it year. to be good someday. Like, I don't. I, I'm good. I do. I think it's like I, I'm proud of Oklahoma sports tradition and its history. And if we're going to ignore eight nine years of an amazing basketball and basketball that put Oklahoma not just on the national stage but on the what do you always laugh at me for? Like, oh, like because, come on now. No, because you're saying they're going to ignore the Kevin Durant. Uh, they kind of do a thing right now where they're ignoring the entire history before they got to Oklahoma City. That has so nothing to do with you Oklahoma. Wanna, you want to talk about the tradition of ignoring stuff. Oklahoma City Thunder's done a hell of a job of putting Sean Kemp and Gary Payton's uh, jersey into a closet. Why not Kevin Durant? Because they never played for Oklahoma. Yeah, it's, it's a slightly different situation. That's still part of the same lineage, and we still have to go through no, the No, when Seattle gets their own team, the Thunder will just give them all their history back, when and then what are you going to say? Somebody has 24 rebounds in the game. We still see the name Jack Sigma somewhere. So it's still a thing. Thunder and, legend Jack Sigma. I don't if if you play NBA two NK twenty, you could probably play see? a Jack Sigma. No, it's and then and, Shea, and and I want to do you know Shy Alexander here <laughs> wants to bring back the throwbacks. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean they've been ignoring stuff for years, Brady. So I why not ignore Kevin Durant? It's just it's silly. I mean, right now I understand it because the competitive juices are flowing still. Um, but when Kevin starts aging out of the NBA or he's retired and we're, this is all in the back burner, that's when you can kind of sit back and think, man, it, it was really fun. Like Those were really good times. Uh, there was a lot of great basketball played. It put the Thunder on the map, put Oklahoma Oklahoma City on, a ma- on the map. Put for him every- on the map. Yeah, help him put him on, on to the point where he is now. So um, it, to me, it's just silly that at some point we're just never going to recognize it and enjoy it for what it was because it's so important to Oklahoma's history. The, I, I have no I think eventually it will sort itself out. I, I agree, Brady. There's going to be probably a moment of wistfulness, yeah. and, and there will be something that will probably calm the situation down. But what we're seeing so far is that there seems to be something that keeps firing this back up and sets the cause it's back. It's usually Kevin. And it's Kevin. It's right. himself, yes. Hmm. And listen, I have no problem with them hanging his jersey in Chesapeake in memoriam. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> of the franchise 107.9 in Tulsa spirited debate guys let's do this in another month or so (laughs) (laughs) I think the next OU bye week is um, the Thunder have a game that day there you go I think it's New Orleans so it's like Thunder pregame slash Thunder franchise insiders let's do this 107.7 the franchise 107.9 in Tulsa producer show next